Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This is Basketball History 101 with Rick Loiza. Welcome back to award-winning Basketball History 101, part of the Sports History Network. I am your host, Rick Loiza, and this is the podcast where we bring to life some of the forgotten stories from basketball history. We are bringing old-school basketball to a new-school audience, and today we bring you the story of how Dirk Nowitzki was drafted. Now, this is not a full profile on Nowitzki's career, and maybe we do that episode at some point in the future, but for today, we are just talking about the drafting of this future Hall of Famer from Germany. So let me set up the context for the story. Back in the 1990s, European players were still few and far between in the NBA. And any given year, there might be only seven or eight European players in the entire league. The breakout European stars up to that point were Vlade Divac, Sarunas Marshalonis, Detlef Schrempf, and Drajan Petrovic. I mean, there were a handful of other European players in the league, but those were probably the four best-known names during the mid-1990s. And even those four European players were probably the best players from Europe at the time they made the transition to the NBA. Back then, European players were generally considered soft and below-average defenders. Now, in 1996, we saw the first player in two decades make the jump to the NBA straight from high school in Kevin Garnett. The following year, we saw Kobe Bryant and Jermaine Jermaine O'Neal make the jump, but these were one in a million type players that had developed themselves to the point where they could make the leap from high school straight to the NBA. But in 1998, there was a kid from Germany who was barely 19 years old and was considering making the jump to the NBA. Now it was one thing for an American high school player to make the jump, at least they were Americans and had played an American system and knew how to get to the NBA, and they also played against some of the best high school competition around. But for a kid from Germany to make that leap, well, it just seemed preposterous at the time. I mean, who did this guy play against? At the time, everybody knew that high school level basketball in Germany was not that great. If one kid stood out among the rest, it was hard to tell if he was really that good or just the best player from a mediocre pool of talent. And of course, I am talking about Dirk Nowitzki. We all know now that he was the real deal. He retired from the NBA five years ago. He scored more points than Wilt Chamberlain, won an MVP award, and was a 14-time All-Star. And this year, he's going to be inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. But to understand this story properly, we have to go into our virtual time machine and travel back to the spring of 1998 when he was still playing in Germany in the second division of Germany's Pro League. It was essentially Germany's G League, which is not saying a lot because Germany's top league is still not that strong of a league compared to the NBA. 
could this kid really be the next big thing in the NBA? I mean, back in 1998, that was a very valid question. It is one thing to dominate Germany's second division, but it is a completely different thing to play well and contribute to an NBA team. Well, let us take it back a few years to when Dirk was still just 16 years old. He was playing well and impressing the local European scouts. The guy had big man height, but the skills of a point guard. It was an almost indescribable combination of size and skill. Most big men back then, like Shaq, Ewing, Olajuwon, and Montumbo, would set up on the block and played offense within 10 feet of the rim with their back to the basket. Seeing a player with this kind of height playing on the perimeter, making threes and driving to the basket like a guard was something that the basketball world had not yet seen before. Today we have guys like Kevin Durant, Giannis, Joel Embiid, Anthony Davis, and Nikola Jokic who are in that category of being 6'10 or taller but with guard skills. Today, we almost take that kind of a player for granted, but when a teenage Nowitzki was doing it, it was a whole new way of looking at the game and the possibilities of what a player could be. He was a basketball revelation, but could his skills translate to the NBA and could he succeed? Or was he a player that was just good for Europe? Now, it was at that time that he met a man named Holger Gershwinder. Holger had previously played on the German national team and was somewhat of a mad scientist, but a mad scientist of basketball. He saw young Dirk playing in a local tournament in Germany and offered his services to Dirk and Dirk's parents. He wanted no money in return, he just wanted the opportunity to train Dirk and make him into one of the world's great players. That is how that relationship started. He began to train Dirk for hours a day. His drills were non-traditional, and even the stretching routine that he had for Dirk was different. It was like Holger's entire approach to basketball came from some bizarro alternate universe. But it worked. Within just a couple of years of working with Holger, Dirk was considered a possible NBA prospect. He was on the radar of two NBA teams, the Celtics and the Mavericks. At that time, very few NBA teams were thoroughly scouting the European leagues for talent. Again, back then, the NBA did not consider Europe to be that good, so they had trouble justifying the budget that comes with developing a scouting network to cover the European players. Today, every NBA team has a fully developed network to scout players from practically all over the world. But in any case, the Celtics and the Mavericks were the first to get wind of this German teenager with height and shooting range. Now, this is a good place to take a break and we will be right back with how the draft went down for Dirk Nowitzki. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. At the Sports History Network, we're all about sports yesteryear, and so we're so pleased to introduce you to Row One, an online memorabilia gallery and shop that brings your sports history to life anywhere. The Row One Gallery includes over 5,200 gorgeously reproduced prints of team posters, game program covers, game tickets, advertisements, and more in baseball, pro and college football, pro and college basketball, and more. And any gallery item may be printed in a variety of sizes on wood, metal, canvas, acrylic, or poster paper. And in Row One Shop, check out the thousands more of unique 
unique items with a retro and historical designs dating back to 1876, including t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, phone cases, mugs, blankets, pillows, towels, and even shower curtains. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com, R-O-W number one, for access to the full Row 1 catalog and for gallery prints and gift items, plus get a 15% discount off all prints on the Row 1 Pictorum Gallery with coupon code SHN15. Follow the link on the show notes. Welcome back to the show and let us continue with the story of the drafting of Dirk Nowitzki. In 1998, Celtics coach Rick Pitino was in Europe on a vacation with his brother-in-law and their wives. While he was there, he got a call from the Celtics organization back home to put some German kid through a workout to see if he was the real deal. Pitino did and called back to Boston after the workout and told him that the kid was an athletic version of Larry Bird. The Mavericks were also watching Dirk and were very keen on bringing him to Dallas. As it so happened, Dirk was invited to join a team of international teenagers to come to the United States and play in a tournament against some of the top American teenage talent. The tournament was called the Nike Hoop Summit and it was a showcase to let NBA scouts take a close look at potential talent. One of Nowitzki's teammates on that international team was Luis Scola from Argentina. The American team featured future NBA players like Al Harrington and Richard Lewis. Well, Nowitzki showed out in that tournament. The world team defeated the American team. Nowitzki finished with 31 points in that game against the American NBA prospects. He was so composed and so polished for a kid his age, and he shot the ball like Larry Bird. It was amazing. The entire NBA now knew who Dirk Nowitzki was. What nobody was sure of, however, was whether he would even come to the NBA that year. He was very close with his family, and he was not that excited of moving so far away to a different continent where he did not speak the language. Remember, he was still only 19 years old at the time and had traveled a bit around Europe, but the thought of moving so far away from home was daunting to say the least. However, he was advised to strike while the iron was hot. His profile was hot and he needed to enter the NBA draft and he would likely get selected with one of the top picks. So into the draft he went. The Celtics had the 10th pick in the draft and very high hopes that Dirk Nowitzki would fall to them at the 10th spot. Again, many NBA teams were still not sure about taking a European player. For most NBA general managers, their job security lay in taking the safe pick. That meant taking a well-known top college player from the United States. If the player turned out to be not that good, little of the blame would fall on the team because the player very likely dominated in college. The fault would be with the player himself for being a bust and not playing as well as he played in college. However, if the general manager takes a European player and that player fails, then the fault will lie squarely with the general manager. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but that is the thinking process that many general managers go through. Many of them make picks from the perspective of keeping their jobs. Too many bad picks and they get fired. So staying with a safe pick makes a lot of sense from the perspective of self-preservation. Now going into that draft, the only other team besides the Celtics that really wanted Dirk was the Dallas Mavericks. They had done their homework on Dirk and were very confident that his game would translate quite well to the NBA and the future of where the league was going. The Mavericks were led by Hall of Fame coach Don Nelson and his son Donnie Nelson, who was the general manager of the team. 
the Celtics and the Mavericks were really the only two teams that fully understood how good Dirk really was and what he would bring to the NBA. Now, this is the part of the story where shrewdness really paid off. Coach Don Nelson knew the executives from the Milwaukee Bucks because he coached there in the 1980s. Nelson knew that the Bucks really wanted Robert Tractor Trailer from the University of Michigan. So Nelson was going to use that knowledge to his advantage. And this is how the 1998 draft unfolded. With the first pick, the LA Clippers took Michael Oluwakandi from the University of the Pacific, and they would regret making that pick as Oluwakandi never grew into the player that the Clippers hoped he would. Now, with the second pick, the Vancouver Grizzlies took Mike Bibby from the University of Arizona, and he was a solid pick. In the third position, the Denver Nuggets took Rafe LaFrance from the University of Kansas. The Toronto Raptors then took Antoine Jameson and traded him to the Golden State Warriors, who had taken Vince Carter with the fifth pick. Now, both both of those players were teammates from the University of North Carolina and were just traded for each other. Now we get to the heart of the draft story. It was the Dallas Mavericks who held the sixth pick. Now they could have easily just taken Dirk Nowitzki and been done with it. They would have had the player they wanted and then they could have gotten on with developing him into the player that he would become. But Don Nelson had other ideas. Instead, they drafted Robert Tractor Trailer, knowing that the Bucks would have given almost anything in a trade. With the seventh pick, the Sacramento Kings took Jason White Chocolate Williams from Florida and Philadelphia drafted Larry Hughes from St. Louis with the eighth pick. Now it was Milwaukee's turn with the ninth pick. Don Nelson called his counterpart with Milwaukee and said that he would trade them Robert Trailer if Milwaukee would draft Dirk Nowitzki and send him to Dallas in return along with Milwaukee's pick at 19. Milwaukee jumped at it. They thought that much of Robert Trailer. Milwaukee sent Dirk Nowitzki and Pat Garrity, both of their first round picks, to Dallas in return for Trailer. Nelson worked that trade to perfection. Instead of just getting Nowitzki, he worked that draft to get Nowitzki and Pat Garrity using only a single pick. Now, Trailer only played seven seasons in the NBA. He played on three different teams and had a career average of just under five points per game. Pat Garrity played 10 years in the NBA, but just not for Dallas. The Mavericks traded him later that summer to Phoenix as part of the Steve Nash trade. Now, just think about that for a moment. Don Nelson took a single pick, the sixth pick in 1998, and he turned it into Dirk Nowitzki and Steve Nash two future league MVPs, and two future Hall of Famers. In my opinion, those were probably the two best trades in Mavericks history. Of course, the trade that they made five years ago will likely end up in the conversation somewhere. In 2018 was when the Mavericks drafted Trey Young and then traded him to the Atlanta Hawks for Luka Doncic. In any case, the drafting of Dirk Nowitzki had a lot of drama and suspense, but in the end, no one really knows what will become of these players. In many ways, drafting players is like rolling dice. I mean, you hope it works out, but you don't really know until that player comes into camp. For every Shaquille O'Neal or LeBron James that gets drafted with a top overall pick, there are guys like Andrea Bargnani or Anthony Bennett, who also got picked with the top pick but it sure worked out for the Mavericks in the summer of 1998. So what happened with the Celtics, who were sitting with the 10th pick just hoping that Dirk was still available? Well, they had to go with plan B, which was to take Paul Pierce from the University of Kansas. So the Celtics ended up just fine. 
Well, that does it for the story of how Dirk Nowitzki got drafted. Join us next week when we go back to the 1970s and share the story of the first national level high school all-star game. It was called the Dapper Dan Round Ball Classic. That's next time on Basketball History 101, part of the Sports History Network, the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com to find out more about this and other sports history podcasts. If you like what you hear, please hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And check out our page on Facebook. It's called Basketball History 101 Podcast. There you will find shorter historical posts as well as comments and discussion starters on today's game. I'll also announce there when new episodes come out. I want to thank my producer and editor, Jacob Loiza. Join us each week as we continue to mine the history of basketball for more great stories from the past. Take care and see you soon. <laughs>